welcome to the Tefl Commute, Season 3, Episode 7, Punctuation, in which we talk about all those squiggles, dots and little marks that cause us so much trouble as language teachers. Are you ready? Let's go. gentlemen, comma, boys and girls, comma, and punctuation of all ages, period, the Comma Cabana Club proudly presents, comma, the chairman of the Blackboard. The tendency now is for less punctuation, it's used if it helps with communication, that's all, punctuation, Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Tefl Commute. My name is Lindsay Clanfield. And I think my name's Sean Wilden. That's right. And we are your hosts on this podcast, which is... Ah, you forgot about it. It's a podcast about teaching. It's not about teaching, but sometimes comes up. That's right. And today we're talking about punctuation. Yes, punctuation. Um, so we played that little bit of a song at the beginning, and um, I like it because it said the tendency now is for less punctuation. Uh, so, Lindsay... Let's let's put you on the spot. Okay. The ten- tendency now is for less punctuation. Agree or disagree? Um, agree. In in writing, I would say there is less punctuation probably now. I've got a little bit on that coming up later to talk about that about how in texting certainly we're having less punctuation. <laughs> so, so is texting to blame? Is that what is that? Do you think where we're going to go? Is that what we're going to be looking at? Another text is the death of language kind of. Mm, uh, no, I don't think so. Because maybe some punctuation is going, but then others is coming back in. So I'm oh, okay, I'm looking forward to finding out what's going, what's coming back in. Um, uh, let's start. Well, let's start with something really meaty. Let's start with a semicolon because, because uh, for me, it's I always get confused with a semicolon. Uh, it's a piece of grammar. I got to put my hand up and say I'm not sure when I use it. I know. Uh, and teachers that I train hate the semicolon as well. Sometimes it comes up on the exam on on a language exam for teachers that I train teachers for. Uh, sometimes they sort of talk about punctuation marks. The semicolon comes up, and I have to admit, it also you know breaks me out in a cold sweat. Uh, do you know? You, so you're going to put your hand, hold your hand up, and say off the top of your head, you can't give the rule for a semicolon. I, you know, I don't. You know, I, I it's I don't know the rule particularly well. Uh, and I always, you know, when you're kind of, when you're typing in in, key, in Word or something like that, and, yeah. and of course the helpful thing puts the, underlines it and kind of puts a semicolon up. And I sit there going, really? Do I need to use a semicolon here? What's wrong with a comma? <laughs> let me, let me, let me uh, illuminate the situation here. Oh, illuminate. Okay. Uh, uh, the semicolon, which by the way is written in two ways. Sometimes it's written as one word and sometimes it's written as a hyphenated word. So just another thing that that could make you easily hate a semicolon. It could be spelled two ways. Uh, is, there, is there a preference? I, I, you know, I've never thought about it as one word. I would, to me, it's always a hyphenated word. Yeah. 
Well, it's listed uh, under various sources, dictionaries, and in uh, our favorite Wikipedia as two possibilities. Right. So it separates two major sentence elements. Okay, that doesn't sound very helpful, right? Let's try this then. It can be used between two closely related independent clauses. Feeling better now? No, we're absolutely clear as mud now. Okay, well, feel confident. We are not already joined by a coordinated conjunction. Does that make it feel better? Yes, of course. This, this is one of those tests for seven-year-olds in the UK, isn't it? But, you know. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Already now, uh, there's smoke coming out of our ears. But, so, used between two closely related independent clauses, providing they're not a rejoined by a coordinating conjunction. So, w w I think what happens on Word when it corrects you is if you use a semicolon and then you put and or but. Because that's not, that's, that's wrong. So, you need ah. the semicolon, then it's sort of like a longish pause, not as long as a full stop, but uh, longer than a comma. And that would have to be between two related ideas, not unrelated ideas. I think, do, do you see it as a bad thing, then, if people confuse them? Do, 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 do you look at work and think, oh, that should have been a semicolon? No, I, I, I don't usually. But that's because almost everybody avoids them. <laughs> I don't, the reason I ask that is because one, one of the articles I was reading in preparation for this, that I think, which I obviously will put on the website, it, it was kind of one of these websites that's like 16 top offences with, with punctuation. And number two in their list was commas and semicolons are not the same thing. And it kind of made it like sound like it was, you know, to be number two in a list of, of things. Is, oh, I know. it's Yeah, people get some of the, you know, the, the punctuation... Police get rather upset about semicolons, although I, there are other things making them angrier. We'll come to that in a moment. The other time when I do use a semicolon is if you make a list of things that you start with a colon, or as my friends call it, two dots, one over the other. Um, then you have a list of things, and those things are kind of long things, not just words. Um, you would then put a semicolon between items on that list. And that one, I think, is an easier one to explain on how to use a semicolon. Yeah, I'm wondering now if I'd actually do that or if I just use a comma. Well, if the elements of the list already contain commas, then... Then you'd use a semicolon. Then i use a semicolon. Oh, which kind of listing leads into the Oxford comma. I've, I've never seen a piece of punctuation that's got so much kind of hype on in, in memes of late. You, everywhere you look, I keep, just keep seeing this Oxford comma that's appearing. Tell, it, tell me and our listeners what the Oxford comma is. It's a comma used in a place where I live. Simple as that. If you're in Cambridge, you'd use that. <laughs> the Oxford comma. Uh, it's the comma before an and in a list to distinguish uh, when items of a list are held together or not. And you keep seeing these memes. I think there's one about, where is it? I see it on Facebook all the time. Two strippers, Stalin and Leningrad. Or, no, no, Lenin appear or something. I, if you look on Facebook, you'll see it. But I, it's just one of those pieces of grammar that I, maybe it's because I live in Oxford, but I'm, you, I've never really, I've never heard of it as much as I've heard of it because of social media. It's, it's just odd. But, well, maybe, wouldn't it be interesting if, uh, when we were speaking, the punctuation marks made a sound as well. Sort of. oh, so I live in Oxford, so I can say this is an Oxford comma. Yeah, no, so, so we'll stop. Yeah, I live in Oxford and uh, whatever, or whatever sound would be. The oh, I see what you mean. So you actually, the, 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 there's a kind of oral uh, pronunciation. A pronunciation of, 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 the, of, the, of the punctuation mark. In fact, uh, there is a, um, a comedian who did this. Victor Borka, I remember hearing he did a very uh, funny uh, explanation of um, all the punctuation marks uh, expressed as different sounds, and then he read an extract of something from it. Shall we take a listen? Punctuation marks can be very confusing, and that is why I have invented a way by which we can hear punctuation marks as well as see them. And here's how it works. 
a period sounds like this. An exclamation point is a straight line with a period underneath. And here's a comma. Quotation marks are two commas. Or if you happen to be left-handed, question mark is rather difficult. Once upon a time, a prince was riding through the woods. Suddenly, he saw a terrible dragon. What is this? Asked the prince. Argh! Said the dragon. Those are fighting words. Said the prince. Take that. And that. And that. And that. So the dragon took that, and that, and that, and that, and that was the end of the dragon. And this is the end of this. Oh yeah, we definitely should start speaking like oh, that. I think that would be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> maybe I, I um and air so much when I'm podcasts recording that yeah. I think I do that anyway. So. Yeah. Well, um, on the subject of punctuation, um, have you read or heard of, I'm sure you've heard of, Eats, Shoots and Leaves, the Lynn Trust book called A Zero Tolerance Approach to Punctuation? I have, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it. It's, it's, it's not that new now, though, is it? No, um, this is from, I think it's from 2003. Um, for our listeners, if you haven't um, heard of this book, it was a very well-known book in the UK and in actually North America afterwards. Um written by Lynn Truss, who was a former BBC radio host, uh, in which she bemoaned the state of punctuation in the United Kingdom and the United States and described how rules are being relaxed. Um, and so she was kind of like trying to remind people about the importance of punctuation in the English language. What do you think, uh, Sean, your views? Do you think that this kind of book was deserving of all the attention it got and was an important contribution to the fight for good punctuation? Um, probably not. I think it caught a moment. There are certain books that kind of hit our zeitgeist moment books, aren't they? That just appear. And uh, I don't know if you. It, it, it does amaze me how much punctuation is a thing of articles. I mean, even if you go and as you did when you, as I'm sure you did when you were researching for the podcast, you, you kind of type it in and look at news stories. And I'm, the frequency of news stories of punctuation, um, is, is, I mean, no, I, I, there's no research about it, but it must be, you know, compared to everything else that you could write a story on, punctuation features in so many. So I think that there was obviously tapping into something that, that exists. Uh, and it's in that period, it came out in that period where we were really moving into, into a lot of text-based language. So I can see how it was probably talked about and things like that. Um, but I, 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 think, I think in Britain we do, especially Radio 4, we do get hung up on these kind of things. Uh, we, like, we like a good grammar story. 
Yeah, no, I think so. And I think it's a thing that people like to huff and puff and get anger about. More alarming, I think, and I would agree with um, some of the critics who, uh, including included among them was David Crystal, who wrote a famous book called, well, not a famous book, but another book called, uh, where was it? The Fight for English, How Language Pundits Ate, Shot, and Left. Um, how I think that Lynn Truss's book was responsible for relaunching, especially on the internet, you know, another whole generation of like punctuation bullies or grammar Nazis, as they were called. Maybe mm-hmm. not her on her own, but certainly, you know, created this. And I've met a few of these people. Have you met them? People who get like really angry at online uh, errors in punctuation or grammar. Not ta- I'm not talking about language teachers. These are just like. Oh, yeah, but I think it, I'm, I'm happy one myself. I think it depends on what the mistake is. Actually. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, your, your, that, oh, those kind of things. Which, these ones are, there are, well, so here's the question then. Where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line between something that you just accept is wrong and something that you think people should really know better? Well, for, for, well, that one I could because I do it myself. I think it's a, a lot of it is um, a, a lot down to predictive text, which we've done episodes on before, and I think that mistake has just come out because of, because of that. Other way, I mean, for me, I I abhor the misuse of apostrophes, especially when I when I walk around Oxford and look at shop signs and posters and notices. I completely abhor the, but you the, the it's and the it's. Yeah, well, the it's and the it's. It is an it's as the possessive. Oh, uh, yeah, but also, uh, but yeah, the, the it's and the it's in that case. And also, um, I think, what's it, what's it called? The the greengrocer's apostrophe, I think, Crystal refers to, you know, the shop sign apostrophe, those, those kind of things. You know, there's people, this, this uh, I don't know, like, I, I can feel myself getting tense about it as I talk to you. Uh, yes. But so it, it, it's an it's. Yeah, it's, again, a predictive text thing, isn't it? Yes. Yes, but the greengrocer's like the apostrophe in the wrong place or like after the S? Or just missing, you know, when it should be possessive. Um, this, you know, in the typical uh, typical shop site, uh, you know, Mr. Baker's bread, and there's no apostrophe. You know, you need to think, well, ugh. Yeah. So this one still makes you angry. Do you think it would be making the children of your children angry if this continued for another two generations? Well, if they ever got taught English by me or, or unfortunately parented by me, yes, because they would, they would listen to my rants on the... the, the That's like, true. Then they'd be saying, oh, gosh, I just saw this sign. Granddad would hate it, and everyone would giggle. Yeah, but I, but, I think, but but again, it goes back to teaching. I, I, as a teacher, I love to you know let, get my students to capture these things. If you know, and then we can bring them in to discuss it. So it's, it's actually from a teaching point of view, it is a great way of highlighting pun, pun, uh, punctuation and grammar and those kind of things. That's you know, so if I rant about it and then they bring examples in, it's actually a good good thing, isn't it? So yes, yes, so, I think so. I mean, and I think I think that probably part of this is down to people blaming the internet and increased texting and the quickness. I mean, it is a drag to try to add the apostrophe in. How many times on text predict have you written I-L-L for like I will, like contracted, and then it goes ill? Yeah, yes. So it hasn't predicted correctly. And it's just a drag to go for that extra apostrophe on a text message. However, I don't put that wrongly if I was making a shop sign. No, and but then, but I think that's that's that lack of awareness sometimes that goes go across. So, so you're you're quite flexible with your use of punctuation, are you? It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't uh, you're I was asking you where you draw the line. I suppose I draw the line. I, I I think that it's an it's annoys me. Your and your probably gets on my nerves as well. 
Um, again, when I'm talking about people who aren't A1 English learners, when I'm talking about sort of English speakers, um, yes, the greengrocers one, I don't see that that much, especially not here in Spain. Um, so don't, I was just thinking, going back to that uh, Crystal Truss argument. Uh, there's a, there's a, a news and um, a journalist called John Humphrey, who's on uh, BBC Radio Four a lot, and he got involved in the argument. I'll just read you the quote because I think it, 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 I think it's interesting compared to what we were saying. So he said, I think David Crystal is making a fundamental mistake when he says rules don't matter that much. Um, I say they matter enormously. Take the example of the apostrophe. It is either right or wrong. We wouldn't accept something being wrong in any other walk of life, would we, Lindsay? Yes, we would. We put, if we're talking about language and language teachers, there are language changes. And um, at the moment, I wouldn't accept some apostrophe things, uh, but I think eventually people might if some of these apostrophe things started, like, you know, the the the, possess, the Saxon genitive apostrophe one, if that started changing, well, that, then that's just language change. Um, we wouldn't accept something being wrong in any other walk of life, would we? I think we accept plenty of other things being wrong. Um, I think I think Lindsay's getting tense. <laughs> maybe maybe I am. Maybe it's time for a little bit of uh, the angels. To That's what I was going to say. I think a bit of angel, bit of angel music. Calm down. Let's have the Facebook wisdom. Ask yourself one simple question every morning on your way to work. Would you want to be a student in your own class? Unknown. Although, ironically, I guess uh, the, after Facebook wisdom itself is, is, a, is, is another way of winding this up. A lot of these punctuation things could, could, have, could actually be a piece of Facebook wisdom because I think, that, you know, um, let's eat grandma and let's eat grandma, that kind of stuff. Uh, that was, yes, that's true. That, that's that's all. They're all Facebook stuff as well. Yes. Yeah, all Facebook memes. Uh, so are we calm? Should we, should we, we try are and calm. I wanted to share with you something else that I found out from a... Uh, uh, Binghamton University research team. So this was reported in The Guardian, a new report that talked about um, uh, punctuation in text messaging. So like okay. WhatsApp or Messenger, Facebook Messenger or whatever. Isn't punctuation uh, in text messaging just an emoji? No, no. There are sometimes <laughs> punctuation things and how it would, how it would, um, how it would uh, uh, make you look um, so, for example, if you end, according to the research, if you end your text message with a full stop, it uh, makes you sound insincere. Really? Yes. So, let How so? Um, for example, um, LOL, full stop. Let's go to the pub, full stop. Uh, send me a photo, full stop, are perceived as being less sincere. Oh, really? The flip side, so either that or you, like, like okay, love you then you don't put um, a full stop. Whereas if you put, okay, love you, full stop, or I love you, full stop, sounds a bit strange, or it looks a bit strange, apparently. But if you end a text in an exclamation point, um, LOL, exclamation mark, or I hope, I, I hope you didn't tell him that, exclamation mark, um, 
these are deemed heartfelt and more profound. Profound. Would you agree, uh, Sean? You know what? I've. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking. Uh, one of the things that came to mind when you were talking about that is is one exclamation mark. When does anybody ever end a text with one exclamation mark? <laughs> no, like, well, maybe one is sort of. I find words like kind of be slightly ironic or just like a little bit like. Or maybe I put like, or not end, but just put a text like, hi there, exclamation mark. Just one. Oh, really? If you put hi there, three exclamation marks, it's sort of like, isn't that kind of like, like, hi, you haven't answered me for a long time. Let me change change the the mode. Uh, Not a text message. What about in an email? Because one of the things that winds me up in an email, in my professional capacity where people are applying to do uh, some of my training courses, and they, you know, not that I expect a formal email, but I get a lot of emails that begin, hello, exclamation mark. As a a sort of application email? Yeah, so hello, application, here's my application form for blah, blah, blah. And you think, hello, exclamation mark? I know, I mean, we could talk about the whole uh, formality thing, but, I mean, who begins, a, you know, when do we ever it's begin? like someone walking into your office and slapping you on the back and going, hey there, buddy. Yeah, I know, that, that I find very, very weird and uh, whatever. But, I'm, you know, I've never considered... I've never considered the, the 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 full stop at the end of a text message. I just didn't think anybody did that. Yeah, well, I hardly ever do it. Try doing it a couple of times and then see see uh, some feedback. <laughs> Send the text. Feedback. You know, I, I think, um, according to the research leader, her name is Celia Klin. The perception of this comes from us desperately trying to find context in the thin clues of a sparse text message. So, because it's lacking the social cues used in face to face conversations. Um, you know, being replaced by emojis, which we talked about in another episode. But um, texts rely on what they have available to them. Emoticons, misspellings that mimic speech, and according to our data, punctuation. So the full stop could mean as if you're giving like a serious face or sort of a semi-serious face. I don't know. Be interesting to try it out, though. Yeah, so so basically, you need to send a few text messages, then set up a, a feedback form on site, send out another text message and say, could you just do feedback on the way I sent that text message? And then we can find out... If people even notice. It would be interesting. Hey, speaking of punctuation, didn't you have... It's been a while since I've heard a, a, a Sean quiz. Ah, but this isn't a Sean quiz. This is a teacher-made quiz. This is Vox Pops. Our, our Vox Pops did it a different way. So here are, because there's no instructions for us to begin, here are some teachers at recent con- that we met at recent conferences describing a piece of punctuation. Uh, okay. all, you, all you'll need to do is try and guess what the punctuation is. Okay. So this is a punctuation mark that I couldn't use, made it for many years, and I've recently discovered how to use properly, and now I love it. And use it kind of instead of EG for putting examples at the end of a sentence, or for telling you a bit more about what you've just said. Yes, we use it in between words, especially when with the word well, if we want it to come before another adjective. All right, so this is something you'd use if you want to um, show the reader that it's something that was said by someone else. So this piece of punctuation comes at the end of a sentence. Um, It's a multi-part bit of uh, punctuation. And it's usually used to suggest that something happened or to leave something up to the reader's imagination or to uh, smoothly transition from one thing into another. 
Uh, it's something that comes at the end of a sentence, finishes it off before you can start the next sentence. This is used preceding a list of items and it can also be used as an introduction to a new idea. I really hate this punctuation sign. I think it's it's totally useless and it really, really drives me mad. And my daughter really likes to use it after every single announcement and she thinks it makes it sound really emotional but it just it just makes you think that she can't express her emotions otherwise in the actual language. So she has to use that silly little mark to say that she's emotional and we need to be super duper enthusiastic about it, which, you know, we can't really be and she really loves to use five or six of them which makes it worse and I'll give you the answers on the website or in the next episode should we get some suspense going on that one I'm interested there was a couple of really difficult ones in there what I found what I found interesting getting those vox pops in Z was actually when I said to people I you know can you, you going up to them and with the recorder say do you mind if i recorded you could you describe a piece of punctuation and it's amazing how many times people froze and we're like oh <laughs> it's going, oh yeah go, it's it's that go, the, even i suppose lots of people get nervous trying to describe a comma it's, yeah but it's kind of going back to that semicolon thing it's like oh yeah that oh how do we how do we use them it's uh but I mean, it's interesting because I mean, we record a lot of vox pops over over the series we've done, and it's the first time there's been this kind of pause where people go, "Well, can I just really think about that before?" Before, so I found it very interesting. I wondered if it if it did lead into that idea of as teachers, are we are we a bit insecure about teaching pronunciation or punctuation? You mean? Sorry, I said pronunciation, punctuation. Yeah, sorry. There's one bit of, I wanted to finish with something else that I found which was really interesting, uh, and I'd like to finish with this, is a, another little bit of uh, useless trivia, um, is one bit of punctuation which has uh, become a lot more popular now thanks to the internet age, um, and that is the little um, symbol uh, that would be part of an email address. So what one am I thinking of? Uh, ampersand. Not, not the and percent. Uh, oh, do I get another guess? Uh, the asterisk? No. It's not the asterisk. It's not the dot. It's the thing. It's the at sign. Oh, okay. It's Never like at symbol or at mark or at sign, right? Or just at, right? So whatever. L Clanfield at hotmail.com or at gmail.com. Yeah? The yep. Sign. Did you know all the different names it has in other languages? It's amazing. Oh, is it really? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's take... Uh, Surely, is it not the outside all over the place? You know, no, 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 it isn't. It isn't. For example, in uh, Dutch, it's called the Amperstarche, which is the little monkey tail. It's, That's interesting, because that, that's actually close to Ampersand, which we've just been talking about. Yeah. yeah um, it's... Uh, Croatian also is sometimes called informally the sign is called manki, which comes from the local pronunciation of the English word monkey. So again, the animal there. Um, German sometimes it is recur referred to as the klammerafe, which means spider monkey. So there's like monkeys uh, appearing several. There's another one which was I'm just looking through the list now. Yes, in Greek, uh, papaki, which means duckling. Um, 
I'm just trying to think. So in those languages, you'd have to go like uh, Sean Wilden, Little Monkey. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Spider Monkey, Sean Wilden, whatever. Hungarian, kukak, a playful synonym for worm or maggot. Um, uh, There were some other ones. Lots of them to do with animals. Um, The dog's head, doggy, monkey, uh, just reading the animal ones that it's been called. Uh, uh, Elephant's trunk. Um, oh, elephant shook, I can see. I think, um, um, yes, that's uh, in Faroese. Curla is the elephant's trunk. Mind you're a man of useless information. <laughs> is it your, your, your specialist subject on a quiz show? <laughs> yes, exactly. In Spanish, um, it's the arroba, which is, I don't know what that means. I don't think it, uh, um, unless it's kind of from like round. Okay. Um, but yes. I think um, I just don't. I just don't. I mean, it must be a visual thing, but I just don't see it as like as a monkey or something. Yes, in Italy. Oh, yeah, there's another one. A, a chi, chiocciola, chiocciola, which is a snail. Oh, but that I could see a little bit actually. Um, snail, I could yeah, see snail, a monkey's tail, an elephant's trunk, um, and Bosnia uh, called the crazy A. Well, that's probably apt. Yes. <laughs> it is a bit of a crazy isn't it let's stay with uh let's stay with animals uh what's the difference between a cat and a comma oh are we onto your jokes now oh well it depends if you think it's funny or not okay i don't know sean what is it? <laughs> a cat and a comma I, I, I always like the way you say i don't know sean like oh god not another joke <laughs> um are you ready yeah. a cat has claws at the end of its paws and a comma is a pause at the end of a clause okay i'll give you that one for cleverness uh, well, it's not mine it's off the internet but i like that one and um uh, one one more and then then i guess i'll go away before i annoy you um so what is a prisoner's favorite punctuation mark uh, uh full no uh full the dash. Well, no, you were, you were going to be right. The period, because it's an American website. The period, because it marks the end of his sentence. Boom, boom. Ba boom. <laughs> I, nice. I love crap jokes. I really do. <laughs> I think we're probably on that note. Usually I get to this point when we get to the jokes. I think we've come almost to the end of our. I think we have it to the end of an yeah, episode. Oh, look, the episode's ended. Sean's telling jokes. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I guess that's it from me then. Uh, yes, uh, that will be it from me, um, I guess. Stop or exclamation mark. <laughs> I was just thinking, am I going to say full stop or exclamation mark? In it? Is it, or, or even question mark. Is that the end from me? Question mark. <laughs> it's the end from me. Double exclamation mark. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye. <laughs> As your commute is coming to an end, here's another idea that you can use in class. In the episode, we mentioned the Let's Eat Grandma sentence. Go into class and tell them that they're going to look at some famous examples of sentences where punctuation makes a great difference to meaning. Write Let's Eat Grandma on the board, making sure you don't include a comma. Then ask the students to work together to decide where to add the comma to change the meaning. The comma should be added after eat and turns the grandma from a meal into a suggestion for her. Once the students have got the idea, write the following on the board. Woman without her, man is nothing. 
This time, using any punctuation they like, the students should come up with at least two different meanings for the sentence dependent on the punctuation. We'll post the answers on our website. You can follow up these sentences by asking your students to use their mobile devices to search the internet for other examples of bad or missing punctuation. You can find the instructions for this activity at our website, tefelcommute.com. You've been listening to The TEFL Commute, an Elton-nominated podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at tefelcommute.com.